What's up, it's your boy Enigma back with another past and present episode, and today we're going to talk about Superman, the first original Superman starring uh, Christopher Reeve, Margot Kidder, and Gene Hackman. So, this was the first real superhero movie, I guess you would say. It came out in 1978, so I was born in 1978 i don't know if it came out before or after i was born so obviously i did not see this movie in theaters but it's one of those movies that definitely was in heavy rotation on the vhs so before this the really the only thing that i can recall was the old batman um tv show with uh, adam west and the Incredible Hulk might have been before this, too. I'm talking about the, the uh, Lou Ferrigno Incredible Hulk TV show. I don't really recall this, um, you know, when those came out as opposed to this one. But I do know that this Superman movie was definitely the first of its kind. They had Superman live action stuff before, but nothing like this. This movie here really should not have been made because I don't think that they knew what they had at the time when they made it. I don't know if they knew what they were doing, what they were capable of doing and the, you know, special effects and things like that. But this is where it all started. If you did not have this movie, you would not have had any of the movies that we have today from the Avengers, the Batman to the MCU, DCEU. It really started with this movie and it's probably one of the greatest movies of all time just because of that because it spawned off um a whole generation of superhero movies you know I, I mean probably eventually they may have taken off one way or another but you know in this universe in this timeline this was the movie this was the movie that got people interested this was the first of its kind and it is a classic movie so I'm going to talk about it here as far as um, my thoughts on it when I was younger and my thoughts on it now. But keep in mind that, you know, I was a big fan of su the, the movie Superman. At the time when I was younger and I first started to kind of pay attention to these things, I was a fan of the Adam West Batman, the pow, bam, oof Batman, as I like to call it nowadays. It was campy. Looking back at it now, it, it was dumb, but it was for kids. So, you know, it worked for us. <laughs> you know, we were easily entertained at that age for some reason. And then, so I was a fan of, of that Batman. I was also a fan of the Lou Ferrigno Hulk, you know, even though I didn't really care about the rest of the movie. You know, they tried to actually tell stories on that show. But I, all I just wanted, just turn into the Hulk. That's all I wanted. Just turn into the Hulk. I don't care about anything else. Just turn into the Hulk. And that's literally how I treated that show. And then I was a fan of Spider-Man, too. I don't know. I think there was a live-action Spider-Man back then. But I don't know exactly what got me into Spider-Man. But, um, yeah, I was a Spider-Man fan. And then the Super Friends, of course, the animated series, which had uh, Superman, Batman, Robin and all the other heroes, Wonder Woman. So, you know, as an early younger person, I was in always into superheroes. But this right here was the first live action superhero movie. So let's talk about my thoughts on it and what I thought about it when I was but a young buck. Past. 
Okay, so as a young kid, I didn't really understand the origins of Superman. I mean, they, they, they put a lot into this movie. But, you know, this reminds me of... Well, I'll keep that for when I was older because that's the comparative. I didn't think this as a kid. But <laughs> anyway, getting back to as a kid, to see Superman actually flying and the way that they made it look real back in those days was nothing short of incredible. This Superman here had you flying, you know, acting like you had a little cape. I used to have the little blanket or whatever um, and acting like I'm flying around like I'm Superman in the um you know running around my house doing the little superman pose as i'm flying so this was a heavy influential uh movie as a kid and one of the things i like to do just kind of watching this movie christopher reeves and the thing that you'll notice is he this is probably the most accurate superhero costume that you really saw in a live action movie especially at the time because there's certain things you really can't do with the bright colors and things like that they didn't care they made this outfit this costume as accurate as possible and you know seeing superman be super strong and everything in the uh, movies fighting the bad guys i mean this is this is literally what being Superman, a Superman fan was back in those days. He was the first superhero, the first son of Krypton. And like I said, as a youngster, I didn't really understand too much of all that because just like the Incredible Hulk, you know, where I was like, you know, turn into the Hulk. And when I was first watching Superman, I'm like, turn into Superman. <laughs> you know, all this stuff between him and Lois, you know, I didn't really get to appreciate that until later in life on what that meant. But, you know, as a kid, all I cared about was Superman. So to see him start to fly, save the helicopter, save the airplane, you know, that was just the stuff really just the reason I said that they probably shouldn't have really have made this movie because it was before its time. I think if they would have came out with this movie, you know, maybe a few years afterwards, they could have probably did a little better on the special effects that would have lasted a little longer. But you know, at the time, this was just great. This was just awesome. The different graphics that they were showing on the screen just really made it feel futuristic. You know, seeing the little short uh, piece on the planet Krypton before it exploded, watching Superman getting shot into space. And, you know, well, say Superman Kal-El gets shot into space and then how they came up with the name Superman. It was Lois Lane. Um, but yeah, really just seeing Superman fly, that's literally, and I would say that's probably my favorite scene as a kid, just watching him fly because again, the superheroes that we watched on those days were Batman, you know, he's just running around getting in the Batmobile and stuff like that. I mean, even Batman climbing up a building with the cape <laughs> bending over, obviously showing he's not climbing upward. But even stuff like that, you know, and the Hulk just turning to a Hulk, he's still just a man running around on the ground. To actually see somebody fly in the sky and to do some of the things that Superman did in the movie as a kid was just remarkable. It was one of the best things ever. And, you know, that's one of the things when you hear, especially when you associate that John Williams theme. Now, of course... I didn't know who John Williams was back then, but I just know the theme. Dun, 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 dun. You hear that theme, all you think about is Superman flying, and really the biggest image 
that I remember as a kid. It was definitely at the end when he does his little fly in space and looks around, smiles, and then just flies away. I mean, it seems corny now, but, you know, as a kid, that was just so awesome. That made you fall in love with the character, and I enjoyed um, that. It's one of my favorite movies as a kid, and it really transcended what the superhero um, genre was going to be in the future. So, you know, like I said, I, I was real, I wasn't even born when this movie came out or I was born in the same year. So, um, it's obviously was all based on VHS at the time. So it's one of the movies that I watched and watched and watched as a kid and used to run around with my little cape and everything. So Superman, the movie, great movie, great memories. Awesome. That's how I felt. Then how do I feel about it now? Present. Okay, so I just watched this movie yesterday, and I will say this. They origined the hell out this movie. And the comparison I was talking about earlier that I said I'll mention now was Batman Begins. So, Batman Begins. Batman Begins, he didn't start being Batman until, like, halfway through the movie, which is similar to what they did in this movie. He didn't start being Superman until later in the movie. And so, you know, you got the origin stories of Kal-El, you got the Smallville um, portion of it, and then he leaves and I guess goes away for 12 years, I think they said, or something like that, before he turns into the kid he was until, that would make him 30 now to think about it, because he was 18, I think, when he left, and if he stayed there for 12 years, he would have been 30 as Superman, so I don't know. But anyways, yeah, so... You know, there was a lot of origin story with this, a lot more than you probably could have, that you probably needed. I think this movie runs a little longer than it really should have. I mean, this is almost runs about two hours and 23 minutes, so almost two and a half hours. There's a lot of this they probably could have cut out um, to make it flow a little better. But again, you know, this is a true origin story. I think Kevin Feige made a comment that every time he gets to gets ready to put the movie together, he always watches this because this is like the epitome of superhero movies. And he's right, you know, because this is where it started at. And so, but I think he's definitely learned a thing or two about pacing. One of the things that I noticed is little baby Superman. So, so little baby Superman's coming out of the hole. His little wee-wee is out for all the world to see. Could you imagine them shooting that scene now? In today's world, people would lose their mind. And I, matter of fact, I'm still trying to figure out why they haven't taken it out of the film. They take a lot of things out of the older films now, but for some reason, this particular scene is still in there. And if you thought the the one little baby, I think it was, uh, I don't know, was it Nirvana? It was whatever that baby was that was on the cover that um, is suing for his nude photo on the album cover. Who is this kid that has his junk out <laughs> for the world to see in Superman? That right there, yeah, they, that scene definitely would not have been filmed in today's uh, day and age. Now, one of the things I thought was stupid in this movie, and yes, there were certain things that were just didn't make any sense. But one of the things that really pissed me off was Lois Lane, when she was a child, was on a train when she saw Superman running through the field. So... What makes it stupid is if you're not going to introduce Lois Lane, I would have no problem with it. But being that she's a big part of the film, there was no need to put that in there. And maybe 
I'm almost thinking that that scene originally wasn't in there and they just started putting it into the later version. So the version I saw had it in there. But yeah, if that was in there and I can't recall, I'd have to do some research on it. But yeah, if that was part of the original film, that was stupid. There was no need to put uh, Lois Lane in that scene right there, especially if she's going to be one of the main plot points in the um, film in the future. So yeah, I thought that was really dumb. Um, a couple things you just kind of slightly noticed when Clark was going to the, uh, North Pole, you know, I thought he could have moved a little faster. I mean, he's Superman. I understand hiding your powers, but you weren't hiding it when you were running through the field, <laughs> the wheat field and all that. I mean, if you, there was nobody around in North Pole, I know he didn't know how to fly yet. So maybe that was part of it, but yeah, he could have moved a little bit faster, um, and then all the graphics that they were showing looks like Windows screensavers. Um, keep in mind, this was 1978, so this was like the top of the line when it came to CGI back in those days. So I won't knock it too much, but looking at it now as an adult, I'm like, yeah, this looks like a bunch of Windows screensavers that they were telling the tale when they were doing a lot of the exposition in, you know, and they were calling it special effects. I mean, it really wasn't that special when you look at it, but. You know, it, it was what it was for the time. I guess back in those days, we were looking at it thinking this, this is the greatest thing of all time. It kind of reminds me of that um, Michael Jackson video, Don't Stop Till You Get Enough. You watch that video now. That video is horrible. But back in the days, uh, it was probably the most space futuristic thing that we ever saw. It was, oh, this is so great. Look at Michael Jackson. Look at the background changing. That video is horrible. Like, I could make a video better than that using a cell phone right now. But back in those days, before the technology became what it was, that was just the top of the line. So you just got to leave it off to that. Um, you know, I think Margot, uh, uh, what's her name? Um, Lois Lane, uh, just escaped me. Margot, Margot Kidder, that's her name. I think she is very underrated in this film. I mean, you know, the the things that she does as Lois Lane, her whole personality, the way that she acts, the way that she can't spell worth a damn. I think that is just, she brought so much more to the movie. And I had a much more appreciation of her, you know, older. Because everything, everybody knows about Christopher Reeve. That Christopher Reeve is one of the better um, Superman of you know, in all of all time. So, you know, he's always gets the praise Gene Hackman every now and then gets the praise, which I actually appreciate him in the movie as well. But Lois Lane really brought a depth in there that I really didn't think about, obviously as a kid, but just looking at it now, I mean, she's very good at everything she does. Just her whole personality, her whole get up and go personality. Um, now one scene that I thought was just funny. So, you know, she and Clark Kent are robbed at the beginning of the movie or at the beginning of when uh, Clark Kent made it to um, Metropolis his first day, I think it was. And so the guy pulls the gun out on him in the middle of the street. First of all, this is in, in Manhattan. All right. Why would you follow him into that alley? That's my first thing is the middle of the busy street. But he pulls him in and, you know, she does all of this. You know, kicks him, almost gets killed over protecting 10 bucks. <laughs> and when Clark Kent points it out, she's like, that's the exact contents that I had in my purse. 
I find it funny. It's like, if I'm Superman or Clark Kent, I'd be upset over this. Like, you could have killed yourself and killed me, even though you don't know I'm Superman, over 10 bucks. It's like, it's $10. Take it. You know, somebody tries to rob me and I have $10. I'm not going to put up a fight. Take it. Enjoy. You know, whatever you can get with that $10, I hope you, you know, have a good day with it. It really wasn't worth dying over. But, you know, just, like I said, I just enjoyed the whole um, Lois Lane situation now. Um, and then she had the um, infamous scene where Superman saves her from the helicopter and where she says, you know, you've got me. Who's got you? You know, like she's really, um, you know, she she brought a lot of energy to the character. So I could really appreciate that now. Um, one question I did have watching this movie about Lex Luthor. Now, he has an entire layer under the city of Manhattan, under Manhattan, really, which is Metropolis in this story. So how? And it's, it's a question I always have with Batman, too, is like, who built all this stuff? Now, with Batman, you could kind of see him doing a lot of this, even though you probably still need a lot of contractors to build a lot of the stuff that's in the Batcave. But at least that's a tad more believable. L Lex Luthor having his entire, I mean, the dude has a pool. He has a library. He has a cage with babies, which... I don't even know what they were. They just said babies. Like, what in the world was that? He has a whole office and everything in this abandoned station, I guess it is. How? Who helped him move all that? And you can't say it was, um, you know, the, the female that he was with because she doesn't look like she does a damn thing. And then you can't say that it was Otis because he's an idiot. So who put all that together? That, that, that's maybe the most unbelievable thing in this movie and there's actually a flying superhero that can shoot heat vision and take bullets and the most unbelievable thing in this movie is the fact that Lex Luthor has a layer of that size there is no possible way that he would have that built under the city like that it is just stupid okay um another uh, portion of the movie that was just dumb so the airplane pilots, I think it was Air Force One, they were flying with the president. They come into Metropolis during a storm and they're like, what's the weather for Metropolis? I'm like, okay, this movie was made in 78. I get that. But even in 78, they still knew about weather and they would not have flown an airplane into a storm like that. They just wouldn't. And I get that things have changed since then, but that one thing that hasn't changed was you knew what the weather was. You knew exactly what you were flying into. Well, I thought that was stupid. I said, if that was, if that was Air Force One, he needs to fire every last one of those pilots because he was about to die over their stupidity. How do you not know what the weather was in Metropolis or what you were flying into in a airplane, especially if you're carrying a president? He would know more than anybody else. So... I thought that, that was just a dumb thing, too. And um, so part of the things that I, I talked about that is a two, uh, almost two and a half hour movie, they could have cut some of that down. And one part of it is the missile adjustment scene took way too long. It, it really did. That whole part where they were trying to adjust the um, navigation of the missile, 
that whole section took too long and they did it twice, which was even, you know, even dumber. But it, it did have a scene where Gene Hackman is out there um, <laughs> uh, when he stops the military um, from crossing the bridge with the little house he had. And he's just looking around like, ah, oh, nice day out there today. <laughs> you know, he, he, the real distraction. Gene Hackman is so good. I, I just love him. Um, you know, made not too much of this uh, Lex Luthor and what he was trying to do, but I just love Gene Hackman. He's just such a gem when it comes to these type of roles. Um, now, the only problem is, talking about Gene Hackman, um, really Lex Luthor's plan. So he's going to shoot a missile to blast off of the whole West Coast. So he bought a bunch of useless land. So once it's done, um, you know, it'll sink the rest of the cities into the ocean and he'd have the expensive land. So a couple issues what I have with that. So the first issue I have with this plan is if it was a nuclear test for what I understood. And if that bomb does go off, that nuclear you know, waste is going to really kill all of that land anyway. So he wouldn't be able to move anybody in there for a good, uh, quite some time. I mean, I don't know how, how the whole nuclear fusion and all that. I'm not a nuclear scientist or anything like that, but I'm pretty sure the land would be unusable if he hits that fault and it blows up. It, it would still spread out to the other areas. Um, I may be wrong about that, but I, that was first, that was stupid. The second thing is, did he really, the, the plan is flawed because he's changing the navigation on the missiles, but the military would definitely, <laughs> you know, double check, triple check, quadruple check, all of this stuff before they launch a nuclear missile anywhere. So if the military just went by whatever was on there, they're stupid themselves. This should have been triple checked. And in a typical military, I would assume they would do that. I don't think they would just let the missiles come as is. And if it's all based, the navigation system is all based on the missile itself, not double or triple check that. So I think Luthor's plan was flawed from the beginning. And then his whole obsession with real estate. Luthor, you have a palace under New York City. He obviously has the amount of money to do certain things because he was able to get a half a house to block the bridge. So his plan really doesn't make sense. And a lot of Luthor's plan in this series never really made sense because he was all about the um, real estate. And, you know, growing up watching Superman, the animated series, which is, you know, one of the things that most people my age who are into superheroes grew up watching, that is the definitive Lex Luthor. That one right there, and he was just so cold, calculating, and, you know, he wouldn't come up with a stupid plan like this. Matter of fact, he wouldn't even surround himself with morons like Otis. You know, he he was very intelligent, and this Luthor is intelligent too, but he just, he does stupid things that, that just didn't make any sense to me. I, I think we've yet to see a good live action Lex Luthor. Um, you know, we got the Facebook guy in Batman versus Superman, which didn't, he wasn't good. Kevin Spacey played Lex Luthor, which was a extension of this version of the character, which he wasn't really that good either. But yeah, this, the, the plan didn't make sense. Lex Luthor's, um, issue. I don't know. It, it just, it just kind of boggled my mind. 
anyways, and then of course Superman, you know, saves the day. He, you know, he goes back, changes the planet's rotation to go back in time, which, well, I don't know necessarily if he changed the planet's rotation, but yeah, that was a power that I never knew he had. Apparently he does. He saves um, Lois Lane. He gets uh, Lex, arrests him, you know, so, so basically... It was all wrapped up. And for two and a half hours, I just think that they could have you know, really shortened this film and done some legitimate storytelling with it. But again, it really wasn't about that back in these days. It was really just like, look at the special effects, which obviously haven't aged as well, but it was still something, you know, that was just great to show back in those days. So, you know, it was what it was. I understand this is the classic Superman movie. Um, my favorite scene was obviously him fighting the bad guys when he finally revealed himself and he started to do a lot of the, um, crime. He stops the guy from climbing on a, the, th- the thief from climbing on top of the building. He stops the uh, boat guys who, which, who had just robbed a bank or whatever. So yeah, that, you know, that was basically the best part of it. Now looking back at it as an adult, but does this movie stand the test of time? And obviously it's a no. And it's not his fault, to be honest with you. I mean, again, this movie wasn't based on storyline. It was based on, we're going to show you Superman live action. We're going to show you something you've never seen before. And that and it did that. So in that aspect, yes, it did that. Um, it stood the test of time based off of just that alone. But the storyline was kind of weak. Um, Christopher Reeves is a great Superman um margot kidder is a great lois lane and gene hackman i liked his enthusiasm i liked him as a character but you know the lex luthor it was the writing it wasn't gene hackman put it like that had no problem with gene hackman i think he's underrated an underrated actor and i enjoyed him in this movie but it wasn't a lex luthor you know that i would respect so it is what it is but yeah Overall, this is still a enjoyable movie because it, it brings you back to a time where um, CGI and graphics weren't what they were today. It just shows you the beginning of things. And, of course, the John Williams uh, kick-ass score will always remind you of how great this movie was. Honestly, the one after this was definitely the better movie. And it had a much better storyline. And, it you know, it, you could see what happens when they took their time and actually crafted something well they actually gave christopher reeves um gene hackman margot kidder it was a much better storyline and i'm probably going to do a video on that once i watch this one and i keep saying video i'm gonna do a podcast of that i I, you know i've done videos in the past so anytime you hear me say that just disregard i'm talking about podcasts but um yeah i'll probably do that on superman 2 one day as well but overall, yeah, this movie is a little flat. It's a little slow at times. It's definitely a whole half hour could have been taken out of it. But it doesn't take away from what this movie was. It was the first real superhero movie that showed us things that we haven't seen before. And I'm not going to take that away from it. It's still a great picture. Um, obviously, though, there are better Superman pictures to follow. 
So, what are your thoughts? Do you think Superman, the 1978 version, was a great movie? Have you watched it recently? Has it changed your mind on how good of a movie it was? Let me know in the comments below. And, of course, if there's anything that you want me to review or talk about, um, leave that in the comments as well. I have a lot of other things coming out, and I hope to do Superman 2 shortly. And I also do a Superman movie ranking, so be on the lookout for that. Anyways, this is your boy Enigma signing off. Deuces.